Hey, Don. What are you gonna tell me? Don, what Don. are you doing? When were you gonna tell me you were running that here? Let me explain. What were you gonna? for bringing down Braga. She just wanted you to come home! Do you expect me to talk? episode 178 of do you expect us to talk hello i'm becca and as always joined by my fellow co-drivers chris and dave how are you good evening folks oh I like our co-drivers now we've been yeah, co-drivers gone up in the world. Every, we've been co-drivers every week chris you're just not listening <laughs> i don't know what else to call you during the series sorry co-conspirators <laughs> passengers uh-huh. yeah passengers. i was gonna say passengers <laughs> you are carrying us well, i can't drive so you know yeah but that's why we're not getting it <laughs> We've given the car to Becca. Becca I'm can't like, drive, and me and Chris can't be asked. I'm not sure Rodriguez who had to learn to drive for the series of films. Did she? Couldn't she have just faked it? No. Apparently not. Apparently not. Okay, fair and enough. Then when she learned, she kept on getting speeding tickets. So, fun fact, folks. Oh, yeah, but can she uh, pass the UK driving test? There we are, that's that, true. That's the, UK, I, the UK driving test is harder. Or it might it might depend on state, but certainly the people I've talked to over there from a couple of different states uh, would say things like, "I failed that bit of my driving test," and I'm like, "There's no such equivalent here, guys. If you fail any part of it, you fail." <laughs> yeah, like, surely that would render the whole like thing. You're, well, you were good at everything except the driving part, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or you know, you can't turn a car around or park it, but all <laughs> the parallel parking. But other, otherwise, all good. Yeah. You've got to pass everything here. You can have a few sort of minor faults. That's some minors, but... You can't outright be bad at one aspect of driving, and that's okay. <laughs> and and the real, like, you know, kicker is, like, actually, the, you know, each instructor's got a quota, so if they've, like, pa- like passed too many people, they, they're like, right, well, everyone now has to be a fail. So they can't, like... Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, I mean... What, in America? Really? No, over here, apparently. I mean, that, 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 that's uh, what I keep apparently. hearing. So, apparently. Yeah. I don't... I've never asked about that. I mean, it wouldn't be the biggest of big shocks because um, there are several things in this world that are marked on, sort of graded on a curve. Mm. So, oh, it, yeah, that makes I, sense. I, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if that's true, but I'm not going to tell you it isn't. Yeah. But then I'm saying that somebody uh, who you know, failed his driving test eight times. So <laughs> Eight <laughs> times? Eight times, it, yeah. Oh, God, I feel better now. Yeah. But you passed it on the ninth. Yeah, yeah, it's well done. Yeah, uh, Chris, surely that means that you know you're a better driver because of it. 
not really. <laughs> <laughs> he's much more. He's like nine times it, more careful it, it, on the it road. Doesn't scream, it doesn't scream natural talent, does it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it was partly a lot of it was like unlucky. But then, uh, you know, tests are always weird. It's not really like yeah, they are. They might have had a bad instructor. They're not like. Um, you know, they're not like you know, a natural core order as well. You know, specifically when the things they ask you to do, they, they, they stop you and want to do like a reverse around the corner. You have to do so fucking much that's actually really unnecessary because you have to like keep like an inch away from the curb or whatever it is and you've got to make sure yeah. you're looking, looking ahead, looking looking aside, looking behind you at all times. It's just like, it's not natural. Yeah. I, I've you've known got eyes in the back fail. of your head. I've known people fail the test because they didn't look in the rear view mirror like six, every six seconds on average. Yeah. And things like that. And how would you know that as well? Like, how would you actually be like, how, how would you honestly know that's like every six seconds? Surely well, what, that's like a. To get around it, to get around it, what I did was just look in the rearview mirror the whole time and reverse around the test. But then, then I plenty say don't do that. You can't do that. You have to like look, see what you coming. can. I'm pissing about. Fair I enough. don't honestly think I reversed down the A38 to pass my test. No. <laughs> did you? I passed third time, but I mean, natural ability and how many times you take your test aren't necessarily linked. And I know many, many more women who pass first time, which tells me blokes don't listen. Um, but yeah, eight pushing. Like, I, I, apparently, I, I, I was, I, sorry, I was I was talking to like a girl like this, like back in the you know back when I was like taking my test, and she's like, and she remembered like the advice that she got when she took her her test was like was uh, well if it's. Uh, you know, come wearing like sort of like a nice zip up top, and you know, if it's if it is a woman, you can sort of zip up and look smart. If it's guys, zip it down, and then they'll pass you. <laughs> I tried this. Right. He, I tried this. He wasn't impressed. Pass <laughs> a bit of boob. <laughs> uh, um, I I um I have one. Pass the instructor, right? One of one of my two fails I've got issues with. My first my first test I failed, and I was like, yeah, I'm okay with that. The second one, I had a bit of a bastard examiner. I passed third time, but I passed um, before the theory test. That's how long ago it was. Because mm. I, I was still 17 when I passed, so I passed in like the mid 90s. Oh, well done. Good yeah. Work. So I, I passed the theory quite easy, but then it was just a practical like yeah. But again, it was it was a mixture of like sometimes it was like yeah, fair enough. I I don't think I did well enough to pass. And then sometimes it was just a bit, you know, you have... It's got to be frustrating. And and, and I think I had a, a selection where it was just like, I had kept getting the same person again. And I kept thinking, he'd probably see me go, oh, it's him again. He'll, 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 that's never failed. Do you know what I mean? I just felt like... I know. Could you not have requested somebody else? Well, I, well, yeah. I remember... I, the, I know it probably doesn't work like that. The guy that, I, I had on my second test, I, I get to the test centre for the third time. And I'm sat there in the waiting area with my instructor. I don't know what the instructors do when you're out on the test. I don't know if there's a coffee bar or something they can go into or they just sit there. I don't know. Um, But the guy who'd taken me on the second test, who I'd had a bad time with and was quite notorious, stuck his head around the door and I thought, here we fucking go. And he called the other person. And I ended up with the chief examiner who was like a proper like friendly aging cockney type. Oh, nice. like, don't mind if you call me Dave. Uh, don't mind if I call you Dave, dear. <laughs> David, all right? Okay. And at the end, they're supposed to read off this, like, screed. They've got an exact form of words they're supposed to say. And he just looked at me and went, well, you passed. <laughs> oh, well um, done. So, yeah, I took it a long time ago. But, I mean, we didn't have a theory test. Mm. We had, like, a few questions and road signs at the end of the test. It added up to about ten things. It's you'd more, be more asked, complex like, now, doesn't it? You'd, you'd, be, 
Well, I don't know when Chris passed his test, but certainly the, the theory test I've heard has got a lot harder. I've known smart people failing. You have to know more about your car, like the maintenance of your car as well. Oh, fuck that. I just look for I just wait for some nice <laughs> young man to drive past. Although I've never taken it. I don't know. I can't remember if there was much about the the maintenance. Sorry, I think I'm away from the microphone. I don't think there was much uh, work about the maintenance. When I took it, I would have took it um, in the early 2000s because I eventually passed my test in uh, 2006 eventually um, that was before it got hard because i remember yeah, apparently it's more I, I remember having a friend I, I i moved back to my hometown that was 2002 i took a job that i ended up being in in one form or another for years actually i became a civil servant um and there was a guy there who was coming up on about 21 he's still a friend of mine and he um was take going through like learning and taking his test and he would ask us occasionally maybe it was only once or twice to like quiz him on the book for the questions and honestly there were questions like you see somebody injured lying in the road do you and then it's a b or c and a would literally be like offer them a cigarette um uh, i don't think <laughs> they make it i don't think they make it quite that easy now you know or is it c jeff hurst in the 1966 <laughs> 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 Or do you do run them over? But oh. they they yeah. have this like they, like this screen where you're supposed to click every time you react, and it's quite confusing because you don't know whether like well what what counts as a reaction is it like is slightly slow down when you see kids cross the street and they might jump out behind a car, or is it when you when you see a ball? You know, do you know what I mean? Like, what point do you click? Because you can't like, constantly click all the time, and it gets very kind of like I'm going, well, which which bit am I clicking at? So I I think I just mostly sort of get through with that one because. Um, it, 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 it's not always Hazard clear. Perception. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, no. I, I... It used to be. It used to be when when you passed your test. Oh, sorry. When you failed a test, you couldn't take it again for like a calendar month. So you oh. failed. And what I typic what I did on both occasions is that I, I didn't touch a car for about three weeks. I just thought like, forget about it for a while. And I'd book another test, and about a week before, I'd have like a couple of lessons, a double lesson on the day. You know what I mean? Um, but now I've heard of people failing in the morning and taking it again in the afternoon. So the rules have definitely changed. Oh right, yeah. And the test, is, the test has definitely changed as well. For my members, I don't think I remember like you had to wait a month, but um, I think it turned out that way anyway. Because like you know, the, the next booking, next time availability, you have to book, yeah. yeah. So it ended up yeah. being that way anyway. But I don't think it was like a, a set like rule about it, um, but. And um, if you were lucky on timings, you could take one of like four days later if you wanted to, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, um, I, the f funniest thing was it the Finnish driving test. They've got power sliding on it. I love that idea. That I, I'm sounds sure amazing. I, yeah, I think I, it was a Top Gear thing. Well, I can't remember. Quite icy conditions, or Hakkinen or so. They were talking to a Finnish racing driver, and they said power sliding is on the um, driving test. It's all to do Ooh, with car control because the conditions they drive in. So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I took mine in the mid nineties, and but Becca hasn't got there yet. Have you ever? No, I'm still in the eighties. Have you ever? Have you ever done like driving lessons at all? I've had some lessons, but that's about it, really. That's as far as I got. Did you not take that. to it? Uh, I just couldn't cope. <laughs> but I was enough. doing other things like exams and that at the time, so I kind of thought, oh, I'll just focus on one thing. Um, and just yeah, yeah I haven't. I don't know. I had the time or the money, unfortunately. It is. Um, it is quite expensive. I'll be uh, like that. Well, I, th I think I probably should have done it when I turned 17, but I didn't really have any need to because I sort of bust it or walked everywhere. Um, 
and it's just one of those things I didn't, you know, I didn't have the need for it, unfortunately. So, but oh well. Friend, friend of mine started a driving school, and I love it because he's called Nathan Cooper, and they they learn in Mini Coopers. Oh, fabulous! Which is quite a cool tie. No, that's really smart. I wonder if he, you know, does he kind of get any? But um, I'd have to get Aston Martins, wouldn't I? Which would be well. Well, you would. <laughs> That'd be a very, um, you know, very classy driving lesson. Having to drive a really, really old car, <laughs> or the DB10. Or DBS. Or the Lotus. Which one you want. <laughs> the Lotus, yes. Or um, BMW. So, yeah. There are two things to that, really, listeners. Firstly, uh, padding, because the last couple of shows have been <laughs> really short. <laughs> and secondly, it's to make up for our shit knowledge of cars. Well, we'll teach you how we look. We'll tell you about how we learn to, like, drive them. <laughs> <laughs> or not, in my case, unfortunately. I will yes. in one day, but just not at the moment. Maybe someday yeah. soon. I'll be like, so, there's ages ago in the 90s, there was a program called Driving School, and there was this lady I who, was, who was quite advanced in age, and I think they passed her like a hundred times or something. Maureen, Maureen, that was it. Yeah, she That'd had a song me. called I'll Be Driving in My Car. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be me one day. I'll pass you out of sympathy. Just the cheapest TV in the world where you just point a camera at people and that's it. It was, yeah. She, she was crap, and her 90s. husband was trying to teach her, and they used to argue with each other i think she passed eventually um i don't know because i never watched really watched the show no, i was just kind of i was i was aware of it though and i think i saw trailers and clips and stuff and really i definitely bad. i definitely saw her turn up on some show and sing her song which was yeah just... she was on some chat show wasn't she the guy the woman, or something the woman, like that. i think the woman who took the test in the car i passed mine in the last test before i took the one i passed was this lady that I, I'd seen her like on a few lessons in that you drop someone off or at the end of their lesson or they pick you up at the start of yours or whatever. And because um, I, I, I remember saying to my examiner, uh, my instructor once, I said, is there anyone who just can't do it? He said, there are a few. He said, but they're like one in a thousand. He said, most people, it's between the years. You can do it. But there are a few people that are like not as well coordinated or whatever. There's one or two that can't do it. She said, he said, and I think you've met one. I think you've met one. I'm, I keep trying to nurse her through and it's really hard. Anyway, at the time, the test centre, you used to come out of it and normally turn right and go down to a roundabout. That roundabout went onto an A road, which wasn't far off a motorway in busyness. And uh, they went down to the roundabout and the examiner said to her, we'll be going right at the roundabout. She did. She turned right onto a roundabout. Oh, uh, yeah, she was driving against traffic, folks. Americans don't know what a roundabout is, I don't imagine. But no, like... <laughs> no, they, no, they don't. They're, they're very new. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, across the pond anyway. Just because I remember sort of when I used to live in Wisconsin briefly for uni, I think when I went back to visit my then fiancé, I think two years later, he was like, oh, they're just building this roundabout. And I was like, what? So... Yeah. That was yeah. like 06. But yeah, basically sort of she turned the wrong way onto it, so she was driving against traffic. Think mm. think like Mission Impossible Fallout, where he's on the Champs-Élysées. <laughs> that, that's, Going the wrong way around. A slightly less action-packed version of that. <laughs> what are we covering yeah. tonight, Becca? All right, after all that, tonight we are finally reviewing Fast and Furious, what I like to call Fast 4, starring Gal Gadot in that breakout role, Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Woodrow, Michelle Rodriguez, Sun Kang, Lisa Pira, Jordana Brewster, and many other people. Original music by Brian Tyler, script by Chris Morgan, directed by Justin Lin, and released in 2009. 
Hey, well done. We forgot to mention Brian Tyler last week. He did the. Yes, did sorry the, about uh, that. Did, it's not your fault, but he did, he didn't do this. He, he did the score for Tokyo Drift, but uh, people who've listened to us for a while, he's done he's done a few scores. We've sort of been involved with. He did um, a few for Marvel Iron Man threes. The one that springs mm-hmm. to mind. He also wrote the theme music for sort of Formula One as as it is now, and actually. I, I looked him up a part way through this film because I heard a bit of music and thought that sounds like Brian Tyler and I looked it up and I thought oh it is oh, it was. and it's <laughs> it's not easily recognisable this but there's another scene in the film which I'll make fun of later where he goes very Hans Zimmer and that's really really appropriate to the scene well <laughs> we'll talk about that in a bit <laughs> I think I know which scene you're on about yeah um, I was making fun of it online earlier um, <laughs> this is Justin Lin's second film but it almost feels like his first doesn't it folks. Oh, well, it's, quite, not... it's quite accomplished, though, isn't it? I mean, it's no. I mean, it's his first film in this series. It's the second film in this series, but oh, it I kind of feels mean. like his first in this series. Suddenly, we yeah. switched. O- we switched over to it look- feeling like a Justin Lin film. Yes, I, I think it's got that feel to it for sure. I think it's probably a mixture of like maybe like a director finding his feet and having a bit of a budget. Uh. Yeah, it's got... Mind you, its budget's the same as last week. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, but that's only it feels a lot more. I, I looked at that fully expecting to agree with you, but actually looking at it, no. It, it's it's um, it's actually... I mean, whether that's a location thing, there could be lots of reasons for that. Who's the cinematographer the then? Because it could be the, how it looked as well. Could well be because... Amir Mokri. Apologies if I've mispronounced that. He's an Iranian-American cinematographer. And looking at his... He did one of the National Treasure films. He did Vantage Point, which is quite a cold-looking film in a strange way. He's done a couple of the Transformers films. He's done uh, Coyote Ugly, Don't Say a Word, which was an early 2000 Michael Douglas thing. He did Man of Steel. Um so he's worked again. That's got kind of a crowby look to it as well. Um, what else? I'm I'm only looking for like famous stuff. Uh, Pacific Heights, which is quite a cult hit with Michael uh, Michael Keaton in it. Uh, that's quite, that's going back some some time. That's that John one where he plays kind of like a like a villainous character. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. Um, so I would say, oh, he did Bad Boys too as well. Uh, uh, oh, didn't know that. And Vander won the Joy Luck Club. Which is like in the oh, 90s. Okay. Oh, Wayne Wang. I've seen some Wayne Wang films. But um, the first Wayne Wang film that comes to mind is uh, the, the two he did. Well, the, the first two that come to mind are the two he did in a single shoot with Harvey Keitel. I'm trying to think of its name now. I think one was called like Smoke or Up in Smoke or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Smoke and Blue in the Face was made at the same time and largely kind of improvised. Um, they're, they're, that's the only Wayne Wang film work I really know particularly well. And Made in Manhattan. I didn't know he made that. Yeah. I didn't know I, that either. It could, it, it could just I've be the way. So I'm, I'm just... I'm just uh, let me just see if I can find Tokyo Drift a minute. Uh, and just see if... Tokyo, who's, who did Tokyo Drift? Cinematographer for that was Stephen F. Winden or Winden. He did The Postman, which is a good-looking film. He did The Patriot, which, again, Roland Emmerich, but good-looking film, Deep yeah. Blue Sea. Uh, and then he, he is back for Fast Five, the cinematographer. So, funnily enough, from, from here on, 
well, in fact, he's done all of the uh, first films except Hobbs and Shaw after this, the cinematographer from, from the last film, not this one. Yeah. Uh, both fairly accomplished guys, though, but certainly when I look at that list, this week's cinematographer has a more distinctive style, but that's not necessarily a good thing. I, I, I would characterise his work as broadly mm. quite distancing and cold. Very chromey. Yeah. Man of Steel is a, a really good avatar for what his work looks like. Because the Man of Steel could have done with being a lot warmer than it is. Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely, really. Definitely could have, could have. We're still, there's a few things that, I think there's a few things at the outset about this that surprised me going back to it. Because, again, just a reminder of my history with this film, these films, my history with these films is I don't really have one. Mm. I went to see Fast Six in 2013, then bought the box set for the first five on Blu ray. So you, the majority of these films I've seen once. Um, as of starting this series, I've seen Fast Six more than that. I think I've seen that might be it. I'm not really sure, but anyway, Fast and Furious was in the box set, and I watched it like seven years ago. So it's gone in with the rest of them. I, I sort of think this feels like almost a soft reboot after mm. Tokyo Drift, and we can talk about that in a minute. But it's got less of the things that I associate with the Lin films with the the ones with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker anyway uh, leave Tokyo Drift out of any consideration of Lynn's work at this stage uh, it's got less of what I was expecting I mean for example having seen it once uh, to the two things that stuck out immediately were uh, no uh, Roman and Tej and I thought having had them both introduced and Lynn going back to America now I, I've I don't know that I remembered them being in this but having largely forgotten lots of the film i figured they'd be in here somewhere i kind of thought that as well yeah the second yeah, thing is how it's short it double is. Act, but not quite having the same prominence i just figured it would be more like what's coming but um that maybe that's why fast five sticks out so much to me i'll see yeah perhaps that's next week it, I think. it's the one where you go christ they're all there brilliant um I, I was surprised it was 107 minutes because the films start getting longer now and this is actually kind of a similar length to last week and the first yeah, week it's one of the shortest um you know, 107 minutes. Uh, and I suppose the the other thing, I did say two things, but the third would be, I thought Han was in this for longer than he actually is. So at this point, I, I'm still not sure they've con they've committed to him as an ongoing character. It was almost like it was an Easter egg and you could have had at this stage Tokyo Drift taking place during the events of this film. Yeah. Because he disappears off. He could have gone off to Tokyo. It does jump around. So th this could be, this could be at this stage after Tokyo Drift, with the exception of some of the first act, um, and it and and it isn't. They talk about it being five years after the events of the Fast and the Furious. I don't know if that means it's set in two thousand and six or whether we're just saying it's a shift in timeline. Don't think about it too hard. I suspect the latter. I don't think it's that important. So it's not. We're still not. This is this is uh, not in entertainment terms, but in terms of format. This is Goldfinger to next next week's Thunderball. You know, next week is where we'll go. Right, that that's now what these films are. Yeah, sort Here, of laying the foundations, really, isn't it? Nearly, and then next yeah. week we kind of see the 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 series as we know it today. Yeah, we're nearly there at this point. We've got the writer yeah. in place. We've got the most prolific director in the series. There, we're now back with Vin Diesel. Bigger budget. Walker family becomes the thing. We don't have a bigger budget. We have a family. similar. 
we have the same budget budget as last week and adjusted for inflation i imagine very similar to too fast too furious um but you've got you know paul walker prime back you know i think i was joking about it earlier that brian tyler brian tyler he wrote the music brian o'connor um I, I think I described this as Brian O'Connor Prime and like Too Fast, Too Furious had the Kelvin universe version in. <laughs> it was a different, suddenly, different character. We'll talk about the plot contrivances they have to get to get him back in this to almost remake what happens in the first film in terms of dynamic between the two protagonists. But he's suddenly back to like a mature career guy just with the deep interest in cars, which is not what we got in the second film. And it's bizarre that he's back in the job he's in because he ran off with a load of money at the end of the second film. So, but we can get to that. We're, we're nearly there in format. What about you guys? Do, um, had you seen this before? Uh, back, you go first. Oh, thank you. No, I haven't really got a lot to say. Um, I think in terms of my mem- memories of this film, in terms of going to see them at the cinema, I think it really did start with probably Fast Five, Fast, fast Six, Either of those two films, I think, are largely interchangeable. Because um, I was watching this and I think, and I don't think I've seen this before. Um, but you can see a lot of the seeds, you know, kind of being sown in terms of um, Dom's crew, um, sort of, and yeah, these kind of ideas of like family thing being sown. And it's kind of the first time since the first film that we've got all the major characters, or well, who'd be the main players all together, apart from apart from the missing two that Dave mentioned. Um, but yeah, I don't think I went to see this at the cinema. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of definitely in terms of like the stunts and the fast-paced action, um, and the really tight edits as well, I think that's you know it's kind of literally got the bare bones and the, and the very small seeds of of the series as as we come to know it today. And obviously next week is the is the more exciting one. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I would add there you've you've prompted me into thinking is I, I I thought about this earlier that the other key point is just to look at a calendar. This is the first film to come along with where Vin Diesel is now in his forties. Doesn't look um, good. And, and, no, no, I mean he looks good. I'm not making a point on, on on his age. I'm I'm making a point on where he was and his reflections back on his life and career. Mm-hmm. And he's now in his forties, and this feels like a soft reboot to me. I mean, it it, it not I say it kind soft. of is a little bit, I guess, because it's, well, kind of, it's more of the direct reboot. sequel to the first film. I would say. Yeah, it's I say soft reboot because it acknowledges the the events of um the first film. It does acknowledge those events. So it is in the same universe. But we are going to replay the dynamic of the story of the first film between Brian and Dom. We're going to replay all that. And it it feels like, particularly where the film ends, it feels like they they have decided at the start of this film that they're they're going to commit to this as a series of films now. And I wonder if part of that is Vin Diesel spending half a decade trying things that didn't quite come off. Um. And he's now gone, right, this is my franchise. And I commit to it. And I think when you look at a calendar and go, yay, he's about 42 by now. That kind of makes a sense to me. Don't know what you guys think. Yeah, that that, that probably is. I mean, he's, he's had a few sort of like, you know, miss out. Like he tried to do, um, he started with Triple X and then he moved on to, you know, Riddick uh, and then Triple X. Two didn't really take off own because that end of starring mm. Ice Cube. There's a bit of there's a bit of backing Rob Cohen in that as well because don't mm. forget Triple X was Rob Cohen who also did the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so there's so th- there's that going on. I think there's like a, a a a guy trying to find his franchise, and I think it's probably 
it, it, I think he was probably like sort of maybe coached into the third film. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how exactly it happened. And then he just thought, yeah, let's kind of like re- reunite it again. Let's like sort of restart it and kind of carry on where we picked off where we le- where we left off. And it, it does feel like right, we're back to this is kind of like what the se- what the sequel should have been. Like I don't know how you, but it kind of felt like it was a similar setup. Like you know, like like Dom and Brian kind of like rivaling each other, but going after like the same bad guy who's a drug dealer, or drug smuggler. And they're kind of like both working undercover. They have to like race to, they both have to like sort of race to get like you know spots on the team and the, you know all that, that kind of thing. It's kind of very much. This is like in the line with you know Too Fast, Too Furious. And yeah, it's a, a little plot, bit. Yeah, they had much. to audition there, but it's a far, far. I mean, yeah, we'll go on. It's it, a lot faster and a lot more furious. Yeah, I mean, if I mean like you know the the action is. Is probably is better here. There, uh, there's less bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. There comes the romance that's toned down in favour of, of of the cars and the stunts, and I think that can only get down better. A bit. As, as yeah. Like there. I mean, yeah, but yeah, but it's not it's not every other word though. Yeah, it's not every other word. I think it's probably because like you know Brian his half time is like wearing a suit and is trying to be is 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 is, is semi professional half the time. Um, or could and... it be a shallow oh, reason? Talks. Like for example. This time around, he's not blonde. He's gone brunette, so maybe he's uh, gone off a little like, bit. He looks like a grown-up now. I think it's just the highlights have gone, or mm. the sun's leaking. Yeah, I, I was only kidding, anyway. Like a, he looks like a grown-up now. This is like... He's it, matured. I mean, he only lives another... Well, from filming, probably about another five years after this. But oh, know, it, 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 in, in, in practical terms, he doesn't really age after this. This is like Paul Walker in his final stage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of on, on screen, whereas he looked significantly younger in the first two. Um, yeah, he does look more mature, definitely. Oh, sorry to cut you up, Chris. I was no, just no, admiring no. Paul Walker's death. <laughs> That's fine enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, but, but you know, it's kind of I kind of found it kind of ugh, I found it kind of um, interesting how it was almost like a little bit of a, a remake of Fast Two uh, Too Fast Too Furious. It wasn't like it was it wasn't, but it wasn't sort of repeating the same thing as uh, the Fast and Furious or didn't do like what Tokyo Drifted. It 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 kind of. It kind of but sort the emotional of like, journey is the same. Re, yeah, restart. But uh, or certainly Brian's is. Yeah, I, I, I think. But I think also what the thing that adds to it is also the the there's a bit of emo- emotional stakes. Obviously, you know, Letty's. I mean, you forget like you know, you forget. Here's how much of an impact Letty has. Like you actually almost forget that Letty isn't in Fast Five. But yet, yeah, yeah. But if you, I think look, she's in a photograph, isn't she? Yeah, but you, you, do you know what I mean? You, you feel like she's part of the crew. Like, if you reflect on the series as a yeah. whole, you, you, you would think, oh, she's part of the crew, but... A spoiler alert, he bangs Chris Hemsworth's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chris Hemsworth's wife is in the next couple of films. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um... Mrs Hemsworth, lucky lady. Uh, but, oh, oh, oh she, well, she's a lucky gal, you know. Uh... <laughs> but, um... oh, Richard. Uh, yeah. It... Yeah, she's an older lady as well. He's he's, uh, he's respecting his elders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice work, Chris. Anyway, he's so anyway, carry on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so um, there, there there is like emotional states, you know, like you know, Don wanting revenge on on with uh, Lassie, you know, getting murdered supposedly. Um, yeah, they're so... not sure at this stage though, because they definitely hinted a um, sexual tension between him and Gal Gadot. Yeah. 
Uh, it's, only, it's, name, it's only it's only pl- it's played fairly light, but it's there a couple of times where you could almost test screen it and just just for an idea whether yeah. you want to play on it in the next film or not. But I think they, they and play. And of course, it, they don't. Yeah, I think they play it right anyway because of the, you know obviously you know it Dom Letty's in Dom's head anyway. So it, if he was to kind of like start flirting with someone else, it it wouldn't seem right because Dom's quite a loyal type. So he would he would he be like in a no. I, I, you know, I must. He, he's got to at least get you know revenge for Letty first before he even remotely moves on. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but uh, what's going to say? Yeah, there's there's actually emotional stakes here. You got, you got the history with you know Brian. You know the reveal of like you know Brian is you know was you know is he basically trustworthy now? Yeah, but also the fact that you know he that, that um, he he actually sort of let Letty in or something or you know he that he was involved in her death so to speak but not you know not in the literal sense yeah. but we'll come to that because it's not it's not clear till about halfway through the film mm. but yeah we'll come on to that um what did you think of it chris might as well do opening thoughts while we're on yeah. here. what did you think of it why not well you know I, I thought this is kind of like where it kind of finds its feet uh i wasn't originally when i, when I saw the trailer it was like oh okay i might be interested to see this now uh i don't think i did see it at the cinema but i think i can't remember i saw it before fast five but I definitely sort of saw it on DVD, and I, I think it's absolutely perfect serviceable. Um, it's I don't think it's as um, memorable as what's to come, but you know I can't I I I, try, I find it hard to pick any particular faults in it because as a an action film involving cars, it's absolutely fine. It doesn't it you know. It's only sort of crime, isn't that? It's isn't particularly remarkable, but at the same time, it doesn't do anything wrong. Um, everything all works out fine. You got you know, you got the chemistry back. You got the essentially the, the you know the main team. Uh, there's there's enough tension. There's enough drama between the two. There's a few two interesting char- character marks. You got a bit of got a bit more hand. You got a little bit more you know um, chasey, but it doesn't. Isn't it goes beyond just the you know racing cars? It's actually you know gets involved in the crime world now, and um, yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely fine. I quite enjoyed my watch this time around. What do you guys think? Makes a change. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised just how much I enjoyed it because I thought it's going to be kind of yeah, it's going to be all right. Might be a bit slow. Might might be a bit boring in places, but no, no, I, I was. I was solidly entertained throughout. I would agree. Yes, this is probably the first Fast and Furious tongue twister. Um, yeah, in, in the series, I think it sounds really bad, especially as a fan of cinema. Um, probably one that kind of helped me all the way through from start to end. Um, still not, you know, a big lover of cars, but yeah, definitely, I was definitely entertained, and there was, you know, a lot of tension. Um, pace rattled you know rattled along quite a good pace as well and it kind of did hold my attention from start to end and yeah i was like oh actually not too bad not too shabby not too shabby no definitely lovely stuff lovely stuff as you said dave (laughs) (laughs) i um my my memory of this film uh, was boredom and and actually when i looked up the rotten tomato scores and found that this is the worst reviewed in the series I don't remember being wildly surprised. I might not agree, but this is memory from one viewing. 
I think that's a reflection of how much of an impact six and five, well, six at this stage, made on me, in that for all its flaws, and we'll get to them, we'll have a good laugh at that film um, in places, but I, I really enjoyed it, and, and it had kicked on a degree, and with Roman and being added, it was funnier than this, and it was a bit more globetrotting and all the rest of it, so this feels a bit, I think, I think on first viewing, this felt a bit basic. Yeah. But now, watching them the other way round, or, or the correct way round, and I haven't got to the later films yet. I mean, I watched the box set in order, but like I say, I'd already watched six like twice in the previous couple of weeks. Um, we've now got like a fairly perfunctory Point Break ripoff, a truly shit second film, and a director DVD feeling third film. So this is this is the Iron Man two event, you know, effect in that you put it on and you suddenly go, thank fucks from some star power, you know, yeah, thank. Literally. Why that's important, I don't know, but it is somehow. Somehow, when you get that opening, because the series has been running for so long now, and you kind of think, well, it's, it's the same, well, very similar to like the Bond franchise, isn't it? I mean, like it's you know, in the first couple of films, you, you do have the established, what was obviously a different, a different era then, but you have got kind of a, you know, the establishing of, of what would become a franchise. And it does take a while for these things to get started. And... I think it's a couple of other things. I think it's partly heading towards the format. It's partly, thank God there's a name this week, because we had a list of who's fucking nobody last week. <laughs> Who are these people? Um, and, and they do carry a bit of star power. Whether that's what we bring to it watching them, or they do actually have something, I don't know. Maybe it's just my brain going, oh, look, Vin Diesel. I don't know. Um, but whatever that... But the other thing, I, I, I just think that there's also a degree of, like, when you go back on the box set with what the series has become, Fast Five is certainly a changing, a turning point in the series. And actually, this was more of an indicator in that direction than I thought it was going to be. So in some respects, when you go back and watch the first three, they feel like a bit of a waste of time. That's not to say they're crap or you shouldn't enjoy them. I think two's crap, but there you go. Uh, but like, you know, if you enjoy them, great. But it, it's almost like waiting to get to this point. So when it opens, we're back in the States and it's Vin Diesel with with the beginnings of his crew and him beating another couple of people through this as well. You suddenly go, right, finally we're there. And then the opening sequence is, is really well shot. It's a, it's a bit, it's, it's over the top as this series will become. And there's a few bits in this film. I can't think what they are off the top of my head, but certainly there's two twice in this film. I thought, yeah, this is nodding and winking now in that like, there, there's no way that could happen in life, but they've made, they've gone with it here. And it's just nice to have, you've got the Brian and Dom of the first film back, sort of, although their responsibilities in life are different and we'll go to it. I was really surprised when I watched it last time, I was bored by it. That, that was my first memory that it actually of the first four was the one that didn't stand out. I mean, they, they all did and didn't for different ways. But like I say, I, the first one always sticks with you because it's the first. The second one picked, stuck with me because it was so bad. The third stuck with me because it was so direct to DVD. And then this was like a pale version of what's coming. So I watch it today expecting not very much and had a really, really good time with it. I am now staggered this is the worst reviewed in the series because it's got the flaws that are hard baked into this series, but it's thoroughly entertaining. It's not wildly out of kilter with what's coming. And I had a good time with it. And the act, there are two action scenes in this film in a row where I thought that's now the best action sequence we've seen in this series so far. And yeah, it's a shame that it's so poorly ones. reviewed just because it's it's like the very, you know, the, the franchise as we know it today, this is probably like 
the I first think, film that kind of laid that you know laid all that I, groundwork. I tell you what I think it is. And you can I kind think, of disregard the other the previous three films. I think I think reviews are entered into honestly all these conspiracy theories about oh sure no of course definitely but i also think we're only human and certain films end up carrying goodwill or badwill so for example i still say into darkness is a ludicrously well-reviewed film for what it is because i know it's all opinions but i look at that film and go that is objectively not very good and i think it just carried a lot of goodwill from how much fun people found the first film even for all its flaws I think there was a degree of that with The Dark Knight Rises. Again, if people like it, no problem at all. Like what you like, but it's not in the same league as the first two films. And I, I think that's almost scientifically true. Uh, yeah, it's scientifically it's, proven. The but it's, say. it's reviewed in a similar sort of strata as the first two films. It's a little bit behind them, but not much. And I think some of that was carrying goodwill. This series by 2009 and Vin Diesel would have had no goodwill whatsoever. The series that had three fairly weak entries... He'd had a bit of a career of wanting to be a star and not quite making it. And this would have felt like revisiting, you know, the bottom of the barrel by mm. this point. It would have been really and you can't, and you're just going to call it Fast and Furious. <laughs> and the posters are all moody and it must have felt like a desperate final throw of the dice at this point. Whereas I think they wanted to do them kind of back to back, didn't they? But then also you kind of have to wait, see how it does. It's not guaranteed. Yeah, although I think they probably shot the first scene of the next film. Yeah, yeah. they did. So. Uh, you can see it because Brian's hair changes after the first scene. Yeah, he looks but a bit different. <laughs> Vin's kept the same luscious locks. Uh, <laughs> he, he, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. He's another one yeah. who doesn't age or look much different. He's kind of retained the same sort of look. Yeah, you look the same. Same sort of silhouette. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's gained a touch of weight. He's got a bit less you know of, of like that five o'clock shadow on his head but apart from that it looks <laughs> it's a lot same so i had a good time with it and, and i enjoyed it fairly unironically um the, it works the sense both of as a relief, furious movie and as an action movie the first sense of relief after that first scene was just like thank god we're finally underway i mean we chose to do this series we knew there were going to be bad entries in it we we knew what we were taking on here so it's it, it's fine but i also knew we had a bit of a rocky start and um that's that's shown in the length of the reviews. It, it's shown in what we had to say about them. Finally, we're at a series that I'm now on board with. And it, and it starts here, whereas I actually thought it started next week. And it, it doesn't. This is pretty good. Yeah, because it is. Um, you know, I, I do think I do think you're right. I think this was kind of, in a way, there was an attempt to restart the franchise. So there was a little bit of a guess. That's why I think, you know, as you mentioned, Han's not in it this much. Uh, yeah. Because it was a bit of a, it was like, oh, let's tie up the third film vaguely. Because you know, I think there might have been ideas of what we can do, but just in case, well, let's just let's just like sort of say, Han, you know, Han mentioned sort of like, oh, we always want to go to, um, uh, you know, Tokyo. Tokyo, and 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 you just sort of leave it there and go, oh, well, that's where you and went then to. they all, and then they all split in their different directions, yeah, yeah. and you assume goes off to his his death. Yeah. Essentially, but um, and we don't know that the filmmakers didn't think that themselves. Yeah, I think I think I think they were just like hedging their bets a bit. It's like we'll leave it vague enough to say that. Oh, he's he's not like he's not saying I booked my plane ticket and I'm off to you know. What I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's not like that. But um, yeah, but it's it's there it's there if you if you, if you need it to be. I mean, funnily enough, I did watch. Did you watch the the short film Vin Diesel? Uh, did uh, that's attached to this. 
it slows like no, a little I bit didn't. of a. Pre- what was that about? Tell me. Yeah, it's tell like it's a sort about of it. in between, isn't it? Well, you both saw What is it? Tell me about it. Uh, what, what's it called? It's called Lost something or other. Uh, I don't get the pronunciation right. Uh, but basically, what it is, it's um, it's basically just like a little, a little like small sort of prequel. It doesn't. You don't really sort of gain much information. It doesn't sort of give you tell you stuff that you don't could already figure out or lay out. But essentially, it just sets up uh, the the mission prior to what we open with. So it's sort of like you know it's set in like the Republic of Domain, uh, uh, Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Um, yeah. So uh, Dominican Republic, and it's it's setting up like oh you know this this family got like you know like you got um got any gas and you know gas is like you know pretty much what they live on. And you see Dom's in juicy. He's he's in there somewhere working away. You know he's like obviously got a bit of a family base over there. You know, you have, like, you know, him sitting at the dinner table, obviously, everyone's looking up to Dom, that he's he's working on something. Uh, get You know, you get Hans introduced, he comes in for a job, kind of thing. They break out one of the, the, the guys, you know, the, the one, the one I don't know what they're called, but, like, the comedic relief. There's, like, two of them, isn't there? What, in this film? In this film, I but mostly in Fast Five. Yeah, it's two Hispanic characters. Yeah, they're only in a couple of films, and yeah. yes, I did note their names earlier, but I've forgotten now. And actually, I almost feel like it's appropriate I don't look them up because they're not wildly memorable, but they suit that's their two scenes. Uh, okay. Leo yeah. and Santos, and it is Los okay. Bandoleros. Okay. Los Bandoleros, yes, that's it. So um, I had to look it up. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, and, and they break them out, and then the, the Latte arrives, and kind of like the, you know, there's a bit of reminiscing of like of of them two together. Tell tells about a job. And it can it 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 basically it's nothing more other than that. You see a little bit of, uh, te- you know, you see Lottie's face reaction when like once like sort of hugging Dom. It kind of like changes a little bit to a little bit concerned or a little bit scared, and that and that's pretty much it. It's it's it was directed by uh, Vin Diesel, and without knowing the characters, without like knowing all the the setup, if you just look at like. The, the visuals and how it's shot, it feels very much like an independent kind of film. <laughs> you know, it's very sort of like handheld and very sort of earthy. I think that's probably what what I describe it. What would right. you describe it as, Becca? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> but Joe, you know I mean, it's not glossy like the, the other films. It's not. Um, it it does no, very much feel like. More... Is it in line with if someone sort of shot it on their phone these days no because it does feel like a film it does actually no, feel it's kind of i mean I've, i haven't seen it but I've, I've kind of seen like sort of like clips and kind of done a bit of reading around it and it's it just kind of fills in the blanks really doesn't it, it kind of slots in between the two films it's kind of a bit of not, when i say filler i don't mean that in a bad way it just kind of connects the two together um it kind of looks a bit more because um it's Vin Diesel directed it didn't he i think because he wanted to kind of film it back to back yeah, there was um, and then they, they said, "Oh no, you, you know, we, we can't do that, but we'll let you, you know, we'll let you direct the short film about it." Um, looks a bit, yeah, we kind of more like an, an in between. I don't know what you call it. Um, it looks kind of, I'd say, like quite gritty, but I say not as you say, Chris, not as glossy. Uh, but it doesn't look, you know, as if somebody shot it on their iPhone either. Um, it's almost like dream-like as well. The way it's sort of, you know cut together it kind of like you know it's got a lot of music in it so it's very atmospheric 
but um, the yeah, sort of flows along quite nicely. Yeah, the the visuals it's very very much like you know old school kind of like you know grainy film kind of look, like or, or slightly faded, but it's, it's kind of like early two thousand sort of look, I guess. Mm. But very, I was like, a student film, but I don't mean that in a horrible way. No, no, no. But in, 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 in it's the, sort of very accomplished. I, I'll say sort of independent rather than like the Hollywood glossy kind of like. Yeah, film. independent film, very kind of lo-fi. Yeah. So, yeah. And you think, oh, directed by Vin Diesel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he has directed before, and I, I know that there was a piece. Yeah. I know, and I, very... I've, I've heard he's got quite a lot of natural talent for it, um, but was I don't know. Yeah, it's always, it seems to be quite, you know, quite active in front of him behind the screen. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he ends up doing that um in a, you know a few years time you know like take, taking the move towards that yeah well that's generally kind of the way it goes isn't it but uh yeah i think i think it's on the uh on the blu-ray or dvd i think i think i think it's it's just like it's just like a 20 minute I may sort have of seen film time i don't i don't recall it i really don't but it's possible i've seen it but no, nothing you're saying is ringing any bells but yeah shall we discuss this film sequentially folks okay let's. yeah we talk about the james bond style opening stunt yeah take it away folks Basically, it's like a little bit of a throwback to the first film, you know. It's like Domino team gonna like you know do a heist on a gas truck. So it's like oh they're they're there in the cars and they're gonna sort of rob a truck. And it's kind of like it's quite funny if the next scene was them selling cups of gas on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Siphon it off. We've just bought this, you know, wholesale. Um, <laughs> wholesale. DVDs and laptops are gold, baby. Well, this is the probably the biggest biggest stunt they've ever uh, affected. Although it's clearly augmented because that is just way too dangerous to do for real. Um, the very last shot before you go to credits or title is actually saved it because there's so many logical fallacies in this series that you have to get by. But honestly, all the way through, I thought, why is this guy driving like a tr- a tanker? a multi-part tanker off the edge of a cliff. But at the very, very last shot, you can see there's a very tight right-hand turn there. Yeah. He could have carried on, but I genuinely thought this road literally just leads to your death. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But um, anyone who's uh, who's seen some of the later films, there's shots from this in the uh, Fast 6 opening which is probably the best opening of any of the films in terms of like a little music and montage and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's just got a crew of, what is it, five? No, six. Him, Letty, Han, and there, Han as a and woman. The other two. Him, and the other two. Um, and there were a couple of points during this, this sequence, I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but they've basically got to uncouple um, the uh, tankers, haven't they, to sort mm. of steal the gas. So Dom ends up driving her towards the back of it. She climbs up, walks along a few, gets down and basically uses like a frozen spray to kind of nitrogen or something to like freeze it so she can break them. Um, And yeah, it's the other two that are sort of uh, linking linking their vehicles to it so they can drive off with it. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they're basically... Oh, I think... uh, Yeah. Between the three of them, they're trying to like distract the um, driver and things like that as well. Mm. Although that is towards the the first scene. I I saw the first scene of film film five earlier, and the, their methods there are getting me are getting conflated with this. But it is like 
Yeah, there's, it, it's still uh, his crew are thieves, basically. Yeah. Um, and I did think, like, that, that did seem unnaturally dangerous to carry, like, one truck with all that gas in what. In... Uh, I, I don't know if that's how it's done. I mean, I could I be wrong. I don't know if that happens. It did seem, again, a bit over the top, but it's a statement we're going in a bigger. Yeah. Um, a bigger direction. You know, this is the heroin lace banana scene of the series. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, I think it's more um, license to kill rather than Goldfinger. Yeah, actually got the mustachioed uh, driver, haven't you? And he's got. No, he's, I, he's I'm got obviously the... in style. The closest thing in the Bond series to this is License to Kill. I'm not arguing with that. Uh, this is I'm talking about series development, just a just a little bit bigger somehow. Um, and. I have mixed feelings about this. I was kind of pleased to see them. The physics of the sequence doesn't always work. But in the moment, them going under a flipping on fire truck is actually really good. Yeah. I mean, it is a sign of where the series is going because you, you would never hope in hell of surviving that. Oh, God, It no. just looks unbelievably dangerous. Yeah, particularly as it misses them by, like, millimetres. No. Well, exactly. And you've got sort of Letty jumping between the two, and you think, "Oh my Christ!" It does. It does sort of. Um, at least, at least that's how it looks. It looks like well, they're trapped, so there's no choice. Dom has to like, right, fucking go it for it. Has to have a go. Yeah. Time on best guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is quite. It's tense. It's quite well done. I mean, the drivers jumped out, which adds even more to it because there's no element of chicken to it. No one's going to pull out at the last minute. He's he's out. That's it. This truck is now flipping and it's about to explode. Yeah. Um, and and it, it looks great as well. Yeah, it does look good. I mean, I, I could understand people watching this and go, right, this series has now sort of jumped the shark. It's a bit over the top. Yeah. But I really like it. I really yeah, like definitely. it. Yeah, definitely. There's lots to like about this opening epic stunt, I think. And we've, we've had similar in the first film, in, in that, like, that, that character, Vince, I think he's called, we see him a bit, we see him in film five, I think. Um, yeah, I, I know we do because I saw it earlier. But where he was, we we talked about where he was stuck with his arm and stuff. Mm. Well, Dom trying to reach out to Letty has a bit of that. So we've seen sequences a bit like this, but the sheer size, the crew aspect, and everything. Suddenly, it just this feels like the proper start of the series. The scale seems a little bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's just that little bit less plausible again, which is not a bad thing in this series necessarily. Yeah, I think actually, probably from here. We tend to kind of did you get bigger and bigger? Like I think is it taught, is it the next okay, the fast five or fast six? Fast six you got a stunt where they basically like rob a safe literally from the back of a truck. That's next week, and that's just that's immense. <laughs> so they kind of get more and more implausible. Yeah, though the the sequence. Sorry, next do week keep cutting you up. Sorry. Well, just the the way they. I mean, next week we'll get to it, but in, in some of the framing, and I'll explain my point next week because it's not immediately obvious what I mean. It recalls the original, the Italian job, but yeah, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Uh, just just the sort of formation driving of it. Because what I loved about the original Italian job is just the way the cars are in perfect formation so many times. And it, it's got a real stately look to it that's not there in the remake, even though the remake has, like, superficially better action. But um, the, the framing of the original Italian job scenes with the minis is better than the remake. But um, That's not saying much. So... It, well, yeah, I didn't really like the remake, to be honest. But mm. it wasn't just because it was this sacred cow, the Italian job. That's fine. But I just watched that big action sequence. And I think, how far is action se- cinema coming 35 years or whatever it's been? And the original is better. That's like that's like watching Daniel Craig fight as Bond and actually think, like, 
Roger Moore was better at it or something. <laughs> it's just like hell. Even the I've, I've, picked, trippy on a... I, I, I've, I've picked on the worst one there, but like what in terms of action. But you know what I'm trying to say? Action cinema's moved on. When you watch a Bourne film, even though that's 15 years old in itself, you expect it to have come a lot further in hand-to-hand combat than like the 60s. And the same is true of like driving, particularly as you can augment, augment with CG now as well. Um, but yeah, the, um, we'll talk about that next week anyway, because Fast Five is a is from memory a real treat. Mm. So, uh, so they the, escape the, the movie, yeah, the movie uh, it has jumped the shark, but it's landed on its feet. I think that's probably yeah, the best. kind of, because I I wouldn't complain if anyone. There must be a subset of the audience out there who actually most of us came on board around here, but like there must be people who jumped off around here. Who just went right? This is getting a bit silly now. Yeah. Actually, I, I enjoyed these little okay. street racing films. I don't Must know. I don't know. Were they really there though? <laughs> like, well, not judging by box office. To be fair, but th- this series is changing, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, we go straight to the beach. At the, the first shot's funny because the first shot's like women dancing in slow motion. It was like um, it was like the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of um, yeah. Zion, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah it's a get very bit Zion style. What what you could characterise as gap porn? <laughs> mm, I think gap it's just a general like, party atmosphere. Yeah, it's all right. It's not very well shot, but anyway, it's uh, hand looking reflective. I did a lot of eye rolling. Hand looking reflective. Yeah, and not dead. Um, yeah, he's, he's basically sort of said all like <laughs> not dead. We got the he basically sort of. Uh, Stuff about all the heat, heat will be on us. Uh, what, uh, what, what should we do? And and Don pretty much was like, well, they're mostly after me, so I'm gonna go my own way. Um, and that's that. So therefore, like, they'll be mostly like looking for me, so you guys be able to get away. And then mm-hmm. if I get caught, I get caught, kind of thing. And yeah. the as a basically like with uh, Letty, which he basically sort of has a moment with her, then uh, leaves in the middle of the night, which we all kind of like, which we kind of gather is to protect everyone. Yeah, and the iconography of that necklace and all the rest of it is referred to as well. Um, again, it's in that it's in that little montage. It's funny not knowing the series very well, but knowing that montage quite well, and now actually placing it to like the parent film it came from. Yeah, he walks out in the night, and Han is talking about going off to mm. Tokyo anyway, and so that's it. We, um, that that is the prologue, really, isn't it? Because we mm. now cut to like three months later or whatever. Mm. And no. Brian O'Connor, what is this guy's career path? All of a sudden, he's in the FBI. He was a cop, and he was kind of drummed out of that and a bit of a wanted man. Then he became a full-on undercover bro. Right? Then he sold <laughs> a load of break. money at the end of that film, and then the FBI snapped him up. Too far, too furious. Could have had the subtitle Undercover Bro. <laughs> Undercover Bro. <laughs> Undercover Bro. Oh, Undercover, Undercover Bro, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, unofficially, we're going to dump this film Undercover Bro now. That's brilliant. Honestly, honestly, he's back to like responsible guy. He was flirting with Eva Mendes last time, or responsible um, a bit of a. I know he was living in a shit tip and racing cars every night. Now he's like career FBI, which is not, oh, not the same as the, the fucking film. police. <laughs> right? It I, just isn't. 
I mean, it doesn't give you much trust in the FBI, does it? With like, what we have to do is no, basically yeah. sort of be of use, and then they'll rehire you. <laughs> John, it starts with a uh, his scene starts. This is where I'm on about the um, chromey look of the film. Mm. This this is quite desaturated. Uh, he's chasing somebody through like yeah. windows and over yeah all that sort of thing. A lot of that in this series to come actually, particularly next week. Uh, and he catches up to this uh, mm. suspect. Yeah, it's, it's really well handled as well because it, it does give a very like it does make you feel oh I'm watching like a proper action film now. And not just stuff about, you know, moody this men talking about, about driving cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this feels like, yeah. oh, great, a, a cop drama as well. You know, so it does yeah. feel... Well, a story, not yeah. just something hung around the neck of just some street driving sequences. But it's a, it's a series about cars, so we're going to get some of that. That's fine. It's appropriate. Um, yeah, but he, he catches up to this guy. He demands a name, and the guy yeah. says David Park. Yeah. And actually, this film is fairly smartly plotted in in one respect, in that we're going to find out this is a parallel path the two of them are on in a minute. Um, so he now goes back to his office <laughs> as a young up and coming federal agent, having been reinstated. Yes. Well, not even reinstated, instated. He was <laughs> he was with LAPD in the first film. Yeah, he's. Uh... Uh, well, they've yeah. obviously gone. Well, they're interchangeable. <laughs> Whatever. But I like, I like how, like, yeah, because obviously this time he's wearing a suit. So this, oh, this yeah. time, yeah, that just tells you what well, we've got to take him more seriously now. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit grown up. Yes. But then we're not pretending he's undercover, are we? The no, first no, no. film, he had to have him fit in a bit. Uh, this one, he doesn't need to fit in at all. Um, they don't. I, I remember when we get to film. I can't remember. I think it's six. He breaks the nose of of like one of these former FBI colleagues, and it's a callback to this film. But the guy's not in this film very much, is he? No, yeah, yeah. The Shane Wiggum character's barely in this. I've got a feeling it might be in five, though. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Maybe that's it. Maybe by six, there's two films of it. I don't know. I've I don't got, know. I've got a feeling there is because uh, yeah, because I I got a feeling that you know later on he does break his nose or, 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 or gets punched in the face but maybe it's a running joke over three films which would yeah. make sense because he's hardly in this it really surprised me because six play play is a running joke where you get with you he goes like oh not again <laughs> yeah. six is quite funnily plotted in that a lot of people that six is quite a few people's favorite and i'm not saying it won't be this time always watch with an open mind and the action's good but there's a whole subplot of Brian going into prison, which, when we get there, makes no sense and does not advance the plot at all. <laughs> so, um, although the films are getting better, they're not actually perfect. And here, uh, this is actually pretty decent A to B plotting. There's very little wrong with this film in that way. So they're both after a guy called... Well, we'll come back to Vin Diesel in a minute. Um, I think we get... Um, the briefing sequence where they're talking about a drug dealer called Braga. Yeah. And they get street racers. This is the link into street racing. Uh, street Did racers. Did anybody have... see the twist in inverted commas coming? What at the end the, of the, film? The, the, the twist isn't really a twist. Spoiler alert. What when when Braga is not Terenzo Stampo? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> he gets out of the car at the end of the film and it just looks like Hispanic Terrence Stamp. It does. It could have been. 
We've so got I just on chat, and he posted a picture, and I thought, hold on a minute, that's not Terence Stamp. No, it's yeah, Terence no, Stampo. I just wrote, wrote Terence Stampo. <laughs> <laughs> not Terence um, Stamp. Yeah, no, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. No, not at all. It, the, the, the problem with that twist is, is that it just felt like they they had they had to get to, to make that word had to get like a name to like have like so oh who's who's this like, mysterious bad guy and then him show up and it felt like they couldn't manage to get one so they thought. Oh no! Should we just should it just be you and it be a twist? All right then, and that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, it did seem a bit. I kind of thought, oh, he's obviously hiding in plain sight here, and I was like, hmm. And they kind of said, oh, they've got their guy. They was like, I was like, hold on they a minute. They couldn't I... get Terence Stamp, but they could get the man from Del Monte. All right, <laughs> Milk Tray Man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, this is setting yeah, up sorry the main about that. part Spoiler of the Netflix. Little pointer scene that you know they've got. They've got. They're looking after this. They're looking for this guy called Braga. Spoiler for you. Yeah. I haven't seen it. The guy we think is Braga all the way through the film isn't, but it, it doesn't really matter. Or, or actually, it's not that the guy who is Braga. The guy we think we haven't seen Braga. It turns out he's been hiding in plain sight as one of his crew all the way through. Yeah. It's a sort of. It's, under a thick it's a sort. Yeah, it's a sort of Padme and Queen Amidala bait and switch. Or Kaiser Sose. Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. Kaiser Sose? Well, he was one of the crew you've been looking at the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we have, have that. We get all the uh, Brian back, back on the force, so to speak. Uh, Don finds mm. out that Letty has been murdered from. Uh, yeah, he's in Panama. Just to add, he's gone to Panama City. Um, he's not there very long, though, is he? Mm. He just no. gets a call from Mia. Um, don't I, I told you not to call me here. I'm assuming that's because he could be traced there. Yeah. And she says Letty's been murdered. And this film is whipping along, in, in, and not it too really quickly. Does. But well, it's just there's no fat on it. The next scene's the funeral. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and one thing that did make me chuckle here is like you got you got the FBI all in suits present at the funeral, all in these big cars, all like you know with like you know earpieces and everything. And like this, and the super goes to goes to Brian. Well, uh, you know, he's, you know uh, the camera spotted a uh, uh, Twitter uh, coming to, coming to the country. Uh, I would have thought he would have shown. Like, what were you guys present there? Like, <laughs> like... yeah, you've not exactly hidden, have you? <laughs> yeah, he, he, I mean, he, and we we know he stood up on the hill looking down because yeah. we see it in that montage later on, and we also notice. Um, I can't remember if we actually see the shot of him here. I think we do, but certainly Brian spots him. Yeah. And but, it's like, well, well he kind of glares at down, where gone, he is, but he doesn't. FBI. Yeah, he kind of glares at where he is, but he doesn't sort of. Doesn't you don't get a clear shot of him? He kind of he kind of has a feel like, oh, I think. Uh, but Dom's you do get that shot. But in the montage at the start of film six, you see the funeral and you get a shot of him looking down at yeah, it. Yeah, we know. And I that. don't know if that. I don't know if that's cut in from later or just a shot they didn't use in the main film, or whether they've put in a shot from something different. And it looks like he's looking down, but mm. whatever the case, he's there. It's clear from Paul Walker he's there. He doesn't, pro- even though Paul Walker let him off, he still in his mind betrayed him because he was undercover. So he doesn't trust Paul Walker. And when he looks down, the FBI are there, and they're like, "How come he hasn't wanted him?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems a bit like you know, stupid. The FBI, like, well, if you want to apprehend him, why, you know. Yeah, hold on a minute. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? And, and, and where you guys? And by, by the way, where are you guys at the airport? If he, if you if you have cameras, you spotted him, but no one has apprehended him. <laughs> spotted, spotted him and went. Oh, Let's dear. just wait till the funeral. <laughs> the one thing he might not turn up to. It's clear he's going to be there to find out what's going on, 
because he doesn't trust law enforcement. He's got a t- he's got a team of fairly quite loyal people and always has. He's going to come back for some sort of either investigation, revenge or mix thereof. He hasn't come back specifically for the funeral. So why do you think you go there to catch him? That's mental. <laughs> yeah. I uh, so I can only conclude that uh, they're not very good FBI agents. <laughs> yeah, certainly not LA's finest. Um, so, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so next, I think next scene is Dom with his sister, uh, and basically sort of like, like you know get the the job that Letty will continue to work on his car. Uh, yeah, so we see yeah. the car. It is they have like uh, polished this to an incredible shine. Mm. It looks like it looks like a, a new recreation of a classic car. Mm. It just looks like it's ro- run, rolled just off the assembly line. It, it looks fantastic. They've shot it very well as well. Um. And then they go to the crash site, don't they? Yeah. Which is hilarious, which is hilarious because it reminded me of playing Arkham City, the Batman game. Uh, where, <laughs> yeah. like, what d- forensic, sense? forensic detective Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the thing is, Brian Tyler's score goes all Dark Knight here. Uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed. No, it, it didn't. really it does. Shift in tone a little bit. Just literally go back and watch this scene and like you'd swear that was a Hans Zimmer score or one of his many sort of copycats. It feels very Dark Knight. The rest of the score doesn't. It's literally like this is a Batman scene and they've stuck a Batman score on it. It's really strange. But I find this kind of moody and effective and hilarious at the same time. And isn't that a microcosm of the series as a whole? Yeah, pretty much. Like a whole whirlwind of emotions. I promise... With with no, I'm not I'm not patronising it. I'm not damning it with faint praise. I really like this scene, but it's absolutely hilarious, and it doesn't mean to be. Yeah, but like it lands the feelings. It lands like that's the funny thing about this series. You capture the grief stricken brother, just wanting to know what happened, and you can capture Vin Diesel is just about good enough an actor that you can see him thinking, and then Lynn has sort of composited it together so much that you can see little replays of different things and it's really effective, but it's also funny that this guy who's like a street racer is fucking Batman all of a sudden <laughs> without any of Batman's tools. Batman at least had different scanners that fucking pick things up. Like, <laughs> and the thing is though, like it always gives the impression the fact that he's, he actually also visualised the killer as well. This is not only because of how it plays. It kind of like you sort of kind of you kind of like see see what happened, like us as an yes. audience. Well, later on, we're going to get the light come on on that killer. But the killer at this point is the final killer, just silhouetted. And actually, once you know what you're looking for, the guy's actual slightly odd hairstyle is in the silhouette. So yeah, he had quite a detailed vision. <laughs> But yeah, but, but wasn't it something like uh, it's something on the floor, isn't it? That sort of like that's something very significant that he said, like, "All oh, right, well, um, someone was here." It, it, it's the and I don't mean this in the British sense. It's the skid marks. He's yeah. able to, and that bit is the one bit that plays fairly plausible because he knows how cars behave and he's done a lot of racing. And I'm thinking, right, he's saying it right. I can see you started to break there, and actually that car's moved slightly. So I think there was contact there. And you can actually see over there, this has happened. So the car's likely to have flipped there. Mm. There's actually a logic to this, and it, and the logic is fairly sound, but it's just funny. 
because anytime you've ever seen anything like this in films, animation, or video games, it's accompanied by a load of specialist tools, not just some street racer having a little look. <laughs> so it's really yeah. effective and really funny, and that's the Fast franchise in a in a nutshell. I like it. I'm not ma- I'm making fun of it, but I'm not making fun of it. It's a memorable scene, and I like it. Uh, so where do we go next? So. Um... Yeah, so like Brian, uh, Brian's looking at different files for David Park, um, and then like Mia is kind of brought in for question as well. I miss I, I miss this bit in the um, he's he's walking along a corridor and one of it, or not a corridor, he's walking along uh, along an open plan office, and the woman is reading cars to him, and when she gets on a certain car, he's like, "That's it. Why? Because that's the sort of thing I drive." Yeah. And I'm like. I, I don't actually get that. That's that's how he identifies where he's got to go. But I don't actually get how how he did that. I think because it's got like illegal modifications in it. He, I think he kind of picks up on. Hold on a minute. That sort of thing I would drive. I think I think I think so, what it is is like he's look. Obviously, they're they're looking for David Parks, so they're just going through yeah. like old likelihood. So Brian instinctively knows right. So who's who about the is a serious racer because that's what they're going to be looking for. So he's, he look, he looks at like so he's like all right. This is something. I it's reminding drive. us he's a serious racer as well. Yeah. Or as yeah, I was wondering, it's kind what of the as his way into to this kind of world again. Oh yeah. All right. Thanks for that because I didn't get that at all. Yeah. Um, then what? Mia comes in. Yeah. Uh, they brought up a question. Um, you know, they they you know, they have like dinner together. Brian. And, I'm really sorry, yeah. but I forgot about Mia in this film. I was like, oh. <laughs> she's underserved in the entire series. And she there's really a shot is. near I, the end I of the film. So bad. It's like you know she deserves to be so much more. When she she's so underserved that when they actually use her, it jars. And, I, and I'll get to that at the end of the film because she suddenly pops up in a scene, and I'm like, why mm-hmm. is she there doing that? And it's but like she's a really good actress. And I just kind of feel like if they're gonna, you know, they just should have made more of her. But oh well. Uh, what is she known for? Anything else? I'm not too sure. But I kind of feel that she is quite a good actress in these movies. Not really. Um, I mean, she's been in. I only know her from, from these films. To be honest. Okay. Looks uh, like she was in she was in the Dallas reboot. Well, it's not a reboot, continuation. She was in the Lethal Weapon television show, which I never watched. Um, and film she's in other things, but I'm picking on things we might have seen. She was in the sort of Texas Chainsaw prequel, but that film did bomb. I've and, not seen that one. And she was in the Rob- Rodriguez film, The Faculty, years ago, but I don't, I still, I don't barely remember that. And she would have been very young in that as well. Yes, yes, she was in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was the uh, Elijah Woods love interest in that. Okay, yeah, I've I've seen it, but a very very well, I think I've seen it, but a very very long time ago. I don't have a tendency to claim to see things I haven't, but mm. I'm confident I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it, and that happens sometimes. Okay, but yeah, she's wasted in this, but we at least have to re-establish that Paul Walker wants into this family because he's in love with her, and also we've got to have the character make amends because everybody who goes in to watch this film takes their own morality in with them and they might think he used her in the first film to get close to Dom and all yeah. the rest of it. So that just needs tidying up for for the audience, that's all. Um, um, there's a bit there's a bit of like, you know, chewing out like where she lays a bit or maybe your your bad guy tends to be a good guy rather than the way around. She's very good in this scene, actually, because she's a little bit upset, but quite uh, strong in getting her point across as well. So, yeah, I, I'm with Becca. She's she's better than this series ever showcases. Or she hints it better than this 
series ever showcases. But I think we cut back to Dom now. Dom is looking for this guy, isn't he? Yeah, so he grabbed like uh, a random. And at first, I thought this is like one of the original crew <laughs> that he was. Uh... So did I. So did I. I thought I recognised him. Because it's Cause a little... yeah, hold on a minute. Well, it he, he looks like generic grease monkey you might be in with this sort of crowd. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's for like, oh, like, oh, Dom, how have you been? But like, no, he's like kind of. Yeah. He stupidly goes like, oh, you know, you you don't have any sort of authority around here now anymore, and he just basically sort of just, you know, I, I like how like the FBI like takes years trying to like get get this like name of David Park, and all or Dom just like shows up yeah, to one guy, like, sort of generic friend name. Friend. Oh. Uh, well, this is to do with. Um... A certain, a certain type of injection in the car as well, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was it. At the crime scene, he sees um, it's not um, nitrous oxide; it's nitromethyl something. It's a different substance, mm. different kind of nos. Uh, so not all quick. he has to do is find because he would recognise that as a racer. He needs to just go and find that where that who's bought that very rare, in, you know, system on the car. And this guy goes in, and, and it's it's a guy called David Park. So basically, Dom and um, Brian now have the same information. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, this all happens in a slightly different order, but than we're saying. But they they go through it, so they've now got all the same information. So Brian turns up for David Park as Dom <laughs> is already there. Yeah. And Dom's hanging him out the window. Um, and they just want a name. It's it's mm. you know it's a bit law and order. You know the man who leads you to the man who leads you to the man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So there's, but he, he kind of drops drops him, but he's like left hanging. So um, so Dom gets away, but uh, Brian brings in. But but already get got the information he needed really. So he's got. Um... Mm. He makes it clear he's going to kill him as well. Yeah. Uh, Dom does. He's going to kill this guy, and they've all got the same information now, which is basically this. Um, this this um, drug major drug dealer and how to get into with them, mm. uh, and it, there's an un- they bas- they basically uh, both got an audition via a street race, haven't they? Yeah. There's a bit of a sort of there's a bit of a present yeah it's the second film there's there's a bit of a um, uh, preparation montage here with Brian sort of getting his car ready and stuff. Mm. He picks car. The, the, the one cheesy bit of this film in terms of like car worship is all the cars are flashed up on a screen in front of him and his, his face is like it's Christmas Day. But he picks some Nissan or something and basically tarts it up. So he's going into the race and we later find out Dom's going into, into the race as well. And it's an audition to get into the main drug dealer's crew, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The main plot. And this race is at this point the first, uh, the best action sequence we've had in the series. Yeah, this is like um, I, I don't know about you, but I kind of felt like the GPS thing kind of added something. The GPS really added something because Paul Walker's immediately off track mm. and he needs to be sort of guided back. It's a different visual. I think. Yeah, it it's would've... not something we've seen before so far it... in the series, is it? It would have worked better with a lusher cinematographer, but it's you know. Sort of the it still looks good, though. I mean, considering, you know, especially from a 2019-2020 perspective, it still looks good. I mean, there's all these sideways skids and stuff that you see in, like, Tokyo Drift, but there's an awful lot of them in and out of traffic, and it does sell. Uh, and quite a few of them get wiped out. So it does sell real peril. It does. It can't course, see, you know, how dangerous it is and how and, people, and, and, you know, and, these people you know, are risking their life. You're driving amongst real traffic. It's not some quiet bit of road mm. they found, and they've got to get in and out of stuff. And in going in and out of stuff, occasionally you're going to be pushed off track. 
and that's yeah. what the GPS is. And uh, he'll get back to where he thinks he's meant to be and then notice that it's on a different level. It's not a left turn because actually you look down and that street's running under you and stuff like that. And eventually he has, he actually says, sorry, car. I think this is absolutely terrific. And even to the point that you can see the differences in their two driving styles, which are like an extension of their personalities anyway. Yeah, I actually thought I actually thought that like, generally throughout the film, like you do get the sense of like you know the the characters because Diesel's very much all all gruff and muscle, but but really sort of confident. Whereas, but but I say they're both determined. Brian's more Brian's style. It may just be the way that the events of the film unfold, but he's much much more improvisational. Yeah, he's having to do little things to try and get round stuff, whereas like. Dom is kind of raw talent. They're both, but they're both exceptional. Though they're both going in and out of traffic with exceptional reflexes I, and things like I that. Th- I think little things are like you know, like because Brian is just about to win, and Dom just like sort of just just knocks him, just kind of yeah. And, so at the, and at the end, he's like, I didn't think there were any rules. Yeah, because Brian is utterly furious because it's like, well, that's such a that's such a sort of foul move. And yeah. It's like, well, there weren't any rules. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dom's just about winning, not finesse or anything. But yeah, it's quite interesting. So, yeah. uh, what else? What? Where do we go from there? Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, we missed the part. We we first meet uh, Giselle, and uh, uh, Giselle uh, works works for the drug dealer, basically, yeah. doesn't she? Because he uh, goes in and has a look at the car, and he sees the car that's um, uh, was involved in Letty's murder. Mm. He's having a good look at it, and Giselle comes out and like starts talking to him. Yeah. So and they definitely play those sort of little moments between them. Yeah. Uh, there's a little, little, little hint of there, and then there's this like, there's one of the drivers there who's already like working for Braga, who's, who's wearing like a cowboy hat, and he looks very irritating. So obviously he's like, well, as Brian go uh, drives back, he sort of sees him and goes like, "Oh, I know what to do." So basically, next yeah. Scene, this yeah. this is the this is the love child of Chesney Hawks in the Mall. He <laughs> does look a little bit dressed, like that. Dressed as like Marty McFly in Back to the Future Three or something. It does look a little it's, bit like um, that. Yeah, it's kind of that really faux cowboy look. Yeah. Not not even anything that you'd imagine would ever have been worn back no, in the day. It just, it just marks him out as a bit different, doesn't it? I think he's, he's meant to be a bit of a dick. Uh, Dom's won his way into the race, and basically one of the other guys who's already in the race, uh, Brian, can just pull a fast one on to arrest and take his place. Yeah, and, which I, which I like he, that, given the fact that you know of Dom was like I thought they said there are no rules, so he just thought, all right, fine, here we go. So they arrest this guy, the guy who does the heist with him, or you know, not the heist, but the raid with him. Yeah, there's. This isn't going to stick, you know. He said, "I oh, know it's not meant to. It's just basically <laughs> let's like piss this guy off and get him off the road for a day or two. Yeah. So like, therefore, who, who we got? Who came second? Him. So yeah. He, yeah. So um. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, so, so the so this is where we first actually meet um, Roman Campos or Braga, which is not revealed just yet. No, he's known as Campos through the film, but like he's the main he's the main villain of the film. There's a fake out at the end, so we'll, we'll just use the changes into take you know those terms interchangeably yeah. at the moment. Has he hit? Has he hit his colleague yet, Brian? He has, yeah. Cause th- th- he did that just yeah, he as he like at the first when he brought in Park, and mm. he uh, shouts at him for for doing something. He's like, you no, know, he just 
It's just but, punch but him. The, the Shane Wickham character just runs straight into him anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's the aggressor. It's just immediately turns around and decks him. Yeah. Really damages his nose. His nose is damaged for the rest of the film. Which I like the fact that they sort of stuck to. Normally you get one scene of a bit of damage and then it sort of fades bizarrely. Yeah. Um, so we go into the main sort of driving sequence of the film now, don't we? Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I think we do. So we have yeah, so we have the the bit at the club, don't you? And you know, when you have like conversation with uh, with uh, Campos, uh, mm. and then and then sort of then you have talk with Don with Giselle. They talk about bodies. Where there's a bit of flirtation, but he kind of yeah, because he says I, I you know I like a body wherever they're made, meaning I like your body. It reminds yeah. me a bit of that line in Spy Who Loved Me. Is like oh, handsome craft, lovely lines, and <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of that. But yeah, but also, also in a very cheesy eyebrow raising way. I've also said that because you said like, what sort of girl do you like? And he basically sort of, you know, in you know, a certain terms describes Letty in in kind of yeah. like what what in he and then she goes, well, he goes, that's not me. He goes, you're right, it's not, or something like that, and just mm. walks off, which is kind of, <laughs> which is quite. It's very right, cool. But... Very cool. Scene. It's still there though. They're hedging their bets. There is mm. still at this point a possibility that they could have conceived five or six where she comes back because i don't know if michelle rodriguez wanted to leave the series i don't know they, yeah. I, I don't know sure what the, the arrangements behind are. it really i'm not sure if yeah i mean she may just have... she wanted to do so she could work on other projects i don't know but spoiler oh, I alert, no idea she has done other films but uh you know outside of this series i mean she's had a decent career i mean she was she always gets worried Ava- she well i mean avatar was made the same well, avatar this... yeah it's not too far uh, away although she would have shot that quite a time before but you know there might have been clashes i don't know uh so yeah we've had the race when do we have brian uh dom finding out about brian no uh, that, about that, 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 yeah not up. not quite yeah yeah so uh we're not there yet where so, are we then guys so uh, brian basically gets told he has to put a tracker uh and then we have um you know they basically sort of go go for the the first underground sort of tunnel thing this but this is this is for the job so and then he, then brian gets sort of knows Right, well, they're going to suss me out because they're tracking for tracking devices, so he disconnects it, you know. While he's in a building, so it looks like it could be like a yeah. fault, although the guy he hit calls it out immediately, but yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're about to do this. Basically, they're going to drive through sort of tunnels yeah. under the border between the US and Mexico. So they Head get, for Mexico City, which is another They, they visual, travel obviously. in trucks, don't they? So they sort of drive the cars into these like wagons or whatever, don't they? And they just sort of just find yeah. out they're in Mexico. And then they get the other side where they're going to open their trunks, have a load mm. of cut heroin put in them because they're just basically smuggling and then come back under. That's it. Mm. Um, uh, but a Dom immediately calls out Campos or whatever he's called. No, he doesn't. Is it no, Campos? No, it's the other. No, guy. no, it's it's uh, Phoenix. Thing it's Fe- called. Phoenix. The, 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 Phoenix is the one that Phoenix killed, killed Letty. Because we believe basically what stage. basically what they're doing is they're getting these drivers and just kill them because it's, you know, Good for business, I suppose. <laughs> you know, mm. cut, cut, uh, you know, cutting the ties. You know, so you just buy, you know, get drivers and then just oh, well, get them at the end of the job. Which is basically what end up why what end up where Letty tried to get, uh, end up running at the end of the day. Well, they so. would have they would have been allowed to drive it back. They still need that stuff driven back. But yeah. obviously, yeah, they, they're killing people that are in their network. Very like diamonds are forever. Yes. Referencing all the Bond films in this review. <laughs> oh, it's just occurred to me that the, killing, the whole point of Diamonds is uh, the two hitmen are killing off the um, supply chain. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Much, isn't it? 
It is. What a quality movie. Anyway. Um, TV today. Yeah, so what does he do? He sort of unhooks the nitrous oxide in the car, doesn't he? Yeah. And just, I think he pushes the button on the sort of lighter in the car. Yeah. Goes out, confronts Phoenix, confirms that he did in fact kill Letty, and then eventually the cars are ignited. Huge explosion, bit of a fu- bit of a punch up, bit of a shootout. Um, yeah, and yeah, they, they, they end up get, getting away. They they they've got like a load of heroin basically, and they decide to go. Brian says, they drive I, it, I, "I I know where to they stash drive it. it back." They drive it back and stash it at police headquarters or the FBI headquarters. <laughs> which, not not clear which. which sounds stupid, but you know the way they frame it actually makes a lot of sense. It's the last place I look at. Yeah, it's it. just put it right, put it, put it right under their nose. They're not going to be looking right under their nose, yeah. are they? No. I, I get that. It's fine. I was all right with that because Vin Diesel's good in that scene because he looks at him and said, "Are you sure about this?" It's just a hint of like this makes no sense. What's going on? But, but there's a growing trust because the moment Brian says yes and it, why, no more argument. Yeah, they they do actually build the bond at least as well as they did in the first film here. Which I, which is kind of funny where where, where the, where the uh, FBI like ask him. So uh, where is it? Oh, it's safe. <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah, he kind of ends up. It's so yeah, they know. But where do we go from there? Uh, Are we I think straight back. To... We go back to uh, Dom's old house. I think, or basically where where Mia is anyway. I'm not sure where, where it is, but. Yeah. Yeah, they um, yeah they sort of like you know have have a meal. They kind of like sort of you know amend, amend yeah. together. Mia and Brian are drawing closer together again. You can see it. And then uh, and then Dom going through the old stuff finds out about it finds case files because I'm assuming we're at Brian's place, mm. uh, which looks nothing like it did in the first film. But then he did move to Miami, so it's probably not the same place. Um, goes through the evidence file, finds a phone and dials the last number that yeah. let that, that phone dialed and, and it's and it's Paul Walker's phone. It's yeah. Brian's phone. And then he comes through and starts kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. Because basically, when were you going to tell me? When were you going to tell me that like you were in contact with Letty through all this? And it turns out Letty was working with that crew undercover for the FBI in order to win a pardon for Dom, which makes no sense because Dom has not been convicted of anything at this point. He was on the run in the first film. He'd never been to court. Can, can you pardon someone who's not been convicted of anything? You can drop I, charges. I don't know. I think I think it's probably whatever it is. It's like drop charges. I don't know. Um, yeah. So she's trying to win freedom for Dom, and and Brian's obviously loves Dom as we know, so was totally on board with that. Yeah. Um, the love they love these two would have made after this would have been angry, <laughs> but oh so sweet. Um, oh, so, oh, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, you have Brian with the FBI, and they sort of like sort of set up with the plan to to get Braga. So basically, sort of like lure him with the the drugs the drugs they already have, yeah, kind of thing. Um, and then it turns out. Terenzo Stampo yeah. is not. Terenzo Stampo. Mm. And he's Braga. So, yeah, he ends up getting away because, you know, Sherwood and. Uh, he nearly kills Giselle. He yeah. nearly kills Giselle. Which um, they, starts that respect because, you know. Uh, well, Dom, Dom. Well, firstly, it's like she's trustworthy to be in that crew. Mm. Dom dives out the way and they have a look at each other again. 
it's fairly subtle. I mean, it's not that subtle. You'll notice it, but it's not so incendiary that you don't know how they don't end up together. So yeah, they head. He heads off mm-hmm. back to um, back to Mexico. And yeah, uh, Brian is uh, taken off active duty, and then basically him, him and Dom pending sort of... an inquiry. So he's close to the end now because he's continually siding with Dom. Uh, Dom's, I'm going. Then he said he's going to go with Dom. Mm-hmm. Dom says I'm not bringing anyone back. In other words, I'm going to kill him rather than capture him. Yeah. And Brian is pretty much fair enough about that. And then uh, yeah, so the and Giselle basically sort of like. Gives them the information of where he'll be. Yes. And then they, and then we're basically towards the end of the film now. We're, we're, we next see Bragg, he's in, he's in the church. And then Don and Brian show up. This is a little bit perfunctory. I like the visual. I love the idea of the tunnels. I like where it ends. Mm. But they pop over there, go straight to the right place, gun it his head, him in one car, them in another. And off they go. That's kind of straightforward. Having said that, when they're driving across the plane towards the tunnel and they're being chased by so many cars, that's really quite well done. Yeah, I, I do like the I do like the idea of him actually, you know, with with one like Paul Walker constantly sort of like trying to spread doubt, trying to like you know cause shit, you know, kind of like, Ooh, yeah. are, you, are you sure here's the entrance? You know, this kind of thing. Um, and it doesn't look clear. It's, yeah. it, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. It reminded me of uh, Black Panther when they first return home. Yeah. And it's like, are we sure about this? Are we actually sure there's something behind this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, there is. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty yeah pretty decent shape, different as well, you know, driving under, under the tunnel. Um, but also, yeah, but they're being chased under the tunnels and you don't know if they're going to knock stanchions down that are yeah. going to bring the whole thing down. Some of them find themselves driving into walls because it's not there. This whole sequence, again, like raises the bar for this series at this stage. From the moment they, when they pick him up, it seems like it's going to be a real anticlimax, like, mm. oh, you've just popped over and got him. But from the moment they find they're being chased, it's like an inventive, well thought out scene. And it is visually really different from the street racing earlier on. Yeah. And then basically we get like you know uh, a foreboding of what happened with Letty. So you got like the you know uh, Brian ends up getting out, but his car's crashed, and you got the uh, Felix the henchman come over. It felt it felt um, yeah with what he's wearing and everything else, what they're all wearing and everything else, it feels like an episode of Breaking Bad or something. Yeah, really does. Yeah. And yes. um, yeah, he's, he's about to be shot and like with that Dominic comes right out of the tunnels in the car and just mm. absolutely railroads him into another car. So uh, this but, um, is the... Brian, Brian grabs his leg, which oh. I thought is like a smart thing because it's like it's, it, it gives... he was about to jump out the way. Brian holds him in place and it's qu- it's blinking. You miss it. It really is. It's but it, it, like crunch it's... moment. You wince, don't you? Yeah, it, it, it's enough to say, oh, gives Brian something to do. But also, well, that makes a bit of sense because... It, it it means like oh he can't get away or 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 just, or just stops him just for that brief crucial moment to get him and yeah there's a bit where they're in the church there's a bit where in the church where he holds the gun at his head mm-hmm. and before he decides he's going to spare him it looks like he's about to shoot him and uh, Brian just looks away but not not appalled or I can't look just more a do what you got to do at this point the trust is now such that Brian will will allow Dom to do what Dom thinks is is right yeah and at this point he'll even help him so Dom has killed this guy and um, 
Yeah, the next Calls thing they're in court. <laughs> Sorry? Calls, Calls him a, a pussy. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great line. <laughs> then what? And then, That's yeah, it, they go then, to court. Yeah, uh, and, you know, judge says, well, thanks for, you know, bringing this, you know, notorious drug dealer uh, in. Uh, but, uh, and, Soz, and you got Bri- time. You know, and Brian has spoken on your behalf, or uh, agent, whoever. He's left the FBI anyway. He gets 25 to life with no chance of parole, mm. which is pretty serious. He's got next, other ideas. Just for stealing a few uh, you know, Blu-rays and DVD players, eh? It, it might be the fact he killed the henchman. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, well. th- I, I don't think he got 25 years for stealing fucking Lassie on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> DVD plays, yeah. Murder. So it might have been the murder, but it's thanks for that murder, but you know it's a bit naughty. It's probably a range of things. It probably is a range of charges, but, I mean, if 25 years to life, that's got to be, I'm assuming that's murder. Yeah. I don't know. Because here it would be straight life sentence with the minimum tariff. It's the other way around in the UK. Anyway, so and we don't have such a thing as no parole anymore. Um, you you get the, the most you'll get is like indefinite, I think. So yeah, so the next thing he's being taken off through the desert on, yeah. on a prison bus with them all in the sort of orange, which is very sculpted to Vin. I noticed that in the the court, it, it is a look at my muscle mm. suit. Um, and the next thing you see, there are three cars pursuing it. Yeah. Uh, one driven yeah, by the titles are kind of animated as if it, you know they're about to start busting yeah. them out. One driven by the two of the t- the two of the team we mentioned earlier. One driven by uh, Paul Walker, or Brian, and one driven by Mia. And the one driven by Mia, I immediately felt it felt out of place because she's been so wasted. It's like oh, she can drive, can't she? Yeah, you kind of forgot that she can drive. Yeah, like, oh. yeah because she's been. Unless so she's a badass. But what what a promising sort of. It, it's promising. It's really great. It, they're sort of snaking in front of the van and just like crowding it a little mm. bit, and then you get a sort of pass in front of the camera credits. And when you pick up uh, five, it's an absolutely seamless link. Yeah, it really. Do. It literally picks up where it left off. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing five. Yeah, I am. Final. Yeah, I am now. <laughs> final thoughts for me. It's just it's where the series starts proper. I staggered that this has got 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. If you don't like these films, you don't like these films. But as there are many films in this series that are much, much higher rated than this, I'm surprised it's so low. But I do wonder if it is if it is that this just came in with a bit of, you know, well, not bad will, but just no heat well, under you... it at all. Oh, desperate last throw of the dice from an action star who's now in his 40s. Um, they, I, I suppose it's the first film in the series where you don't get what you think you're going to get, because this is not just a rehash of The Fast and the Furious. Mm. Um, but I like it, and I like it more than I expected to. I expected to be bored, but this is where it, where it all starts. And so I finished this film immediately, wanted to watch the next one. So, yeah, much more impressed. It'll only rank in the middle somewhere, I'm sure, but that's a lot higher than I was expecting. <laughs> It was funny because I remember seeing the other day uh, something about uh, the director of Running Scared, which starred Paul Walker, kind of make a point how um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews should be kind of like revalidated because, you know, obviously, you know, the opinions of of movies does does change. Like your point with uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, obviously, if critics were to view the film now... flat out rotten now and again i'm not insulting anyone who likes it but i i've i've heard the consensus over the years that yeah. followed 
and and it is one of those films that I said about Into Darkness that the more you think about it, the worse it gets. It's, it's well, like... if you've got a, if you've got a fast deadline and you've just watched a film that you know kept you fairly entertained, you're like the hype as well, where you're not you, you... and the goodwill from the first film. People wanted that film to succeed. Yeah. Um. So I'm not saying they're wrong. I do think they're wrong as it goes, but you're right. And and I think you can go back to a film like, say, The Godfather Part Two. The the sort of dailies and weeklies papers back then gave it far lu- more lukewarm reviews than monthly magazines mm. because people had more time for it to like percolate in their mind. And I think um, so. Yeah, I do, I, I'm not I'm not really arguing with it. And there'll be people listening here going, "Well, why are you giving any weight to Rotten Tomatoes?" We are and we're not. Only in that, like, we're comparing it like with like. We're comparing it with the same site for the same series. Um, there is no such thing as a Rotten Tomatoes reviewer. They don't employ anyone. They're an aggregator. What we're saying is the critical consensus in 2009 on this film was weaker than any other film in this series. And that surprises me. Yeah. Um, but there you go. It's, it's an odd thing, isn't it? But um, it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like, like something like probably like even License to Kill. I mean, I'm, I've, I've thought, I think the reviews for that would, like, would be largely negative at the time, but. Now it probably be it very would, positive. Yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, it would be like mm. quite positive now. Uh, but hey ho. Uh, yeah, and, I mean even even with a even with an example of a well reviewed film, go and look at Honor Majesty's Secret Service. It's got about eighty one percent. That's high. Mm. But if you were to sit and if you were sit to sit and take critical consensus now, it would be higher because uh, this, the, although there are still a, a minority out there that don't like it. It's so highly rated in some quarters that it would be up there with like Casino Royale and ratings. It just would. Um, but anyway, I mean, it doesn't matter. We're not putting that much weight in it. We're just saying, oh, well, that's surprising because uh, I don't see that this is worse than what we've had in the last couple of weeks. Oh, definitely not. Um, especially too. But yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is one that sort of like restarted. Uh, where you know the the franchise as it is, it found its feet here. Uh, it's it's perfectly serviceable entertainment. Um, nothing wrong with it, and actually is a is a is finally the sequel to the Fast and Furious. That that I think what they were aiming for ultimately, uh, Becca. The sequel we all needed. Yes. Did you like it, Becca? Yeah, I can't really add much more to what you guys have said, really. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a shame that this is so kind of so poorly reviewed, but I think by today's standards, it does. Even though it's part of the same franchise, it's very much Fast and Furious liked as, as we come to know it today. Um, but you can kind of like largely remove the first first three films. But yeah, as I say, it works both as part of the franchise and, you know, indeed as a standalone action movie, definitely. Um, as again, it's kind of sowing those seeds. Uh, really early seasons of what you know the franchises we know it today, um, what it will be later on. I would agree that it kind of comes into its own probably ne- you know next week when we come to do Fast Five. Um, but no, I had a really good time with it. Really enjoyed it. Um, it's probably not the sort of well, this series is probably not the sort of one that I would go and see anyway. Um, but no, really enjoyed it. It rattles along at a fast pace. Um, lots of really good character pieces. Um, a lot of tension. Um, yep, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I think I think probably the best thing I could uh, I said before was like it it you know this film was like where the franchise jumped the shark and landed on its feet. 
That's a great yeah, way to put it. it. I, yeah, I watch agree so with that much one. of this and go, that's a bit ridiculous. But like, there, there's a kind of a strange logic to it anyway. And it holds together so well and has become such a signature now that I, I get why people might not all like this series. But it's great. <laughs> this, this is cool. it's, it's not a great film in and of itself, but it's headed in the right direction. Yeah, and, yeah and exactly. Nothing, it nothing ticks all the right boxes. Film, and it's got some star power. It's popcorn entertainment, and uh, well, it uh, is exactly. And next week we're going to start covering a bit more All Star Expendables type. You know, Expendables of everyone so. with everyone in the film. Everybody's in it. Hang on, you're going on to next week, Chris. Are you going on to next week because you're embarrassed about how little you know about this week? Well, you know, it's what it, it's, were you it's, hoping it, the listeners would notice? It's 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 kind of been shocking, really. I don't know why we do this. Why 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 do we why do we? Surely you think before we review a film, we should know know our you know something about it. To talk we about should it. know our onions, but I, I don't know anything about onions. Other than I got layers, and I, I think yeah, and I, I think you've. We're insulting our listeners here because, like, we've talked like we know. We've gone straight on to next week and hope they've not noticed. And our, and our listeners are an intellectual bunch. I'm guessing. <laughs> I would hope they are. So, what do we do about this, Chris? Because um, if only there were some sort of facts we could bring to the table. Well, I, I worry now that we've got no credibility. Um, so I don't think it can be me and you because we're openly discussing how we don't know very much. So if we suddenly turned around and facted the audience, not only do we not know any facts, so what are we learning, but also they would find it implausible. So perhaps maybe a, a, another member of the team could like inform people. What, the member of the team who's reviewed the film with us as well? And Yes. Yeah. Well, she, she's be? not. She's not displayed her stupidity as bluntly <laughs> as we have. So, and as the incumbent Batman, she knows some shit. <laughs> oh yes, of course. <laughs> so, Becca. Well, so far during my year as Batman, I've got coronavirus to thank for the dropping crime rate. I, I know. Like, firstly, you've been the most successful Batman now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have you get the biggest tragedy ever, but it's like, but Unfortunately. you've got an indoor but year. You've, you? own, so. you've saved a lot of bat gas, <laughs> bat, <laughs> bat petrol. Cheers. Bat gas is yeah. a thing. Yeah. Is there now. a tablet for that? Is a cream you should be using for that? I would think that's, um, I, would think, I, was, I, was, I was about to say, I would think that's oral, but you'd get the wrong idea. <laughs> Fact us. You get so much back us after eating a back curry. Yeah, I had to scout the interwebs for many other. I've got a lot of facts for the coming weeks, but this week, but thin on the ground. I'm sorry. So obviously, yeah, a lot of it we covered already as well, unfortunately. Anything so, you'd like to add? Yes, I've got a few things I would like to add. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, as of this film's release in 2009, it was the biggest three-day opening um, for Universal. It was 72.5 million dollars. It's also the highest grossing opening for a car theme film, beating Pixar's Cars at $60 million. Um, I think as far as I know, Furious, uh, Fast and Furious 7 is the highest. Obviously, the 1.5 billion or something like that. Yeah, that had the, the Heath Ledger effect as well. It did. We'll get, we'll get on to. And I'm not knocking that. I, I don't, I don't, 
you know, I've, I never, when we did the Batman it's just series, what I didn't it's, you know, it's, it's it very happens. sad. There's, there's a degree of, oh, I knew him, and it just boosts box office. It just does. So what you're saying to Hollywood is, if you want a hit, kill one of its stars. Kill one of your stars. <laughs> <laughs> you're a death. Sorry. Uh, not really a fact, but I think it's quite cool. Um, obviously, two of this movie's leads went on to become superheroes. Vin Diesel famously voiced Groot, and Gal Gadot obviously became Wonder Woman, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, how about number three? So you're you're um, forgetting Bloodshot. Oh, of course. <laughs> what a hero. Sorry. Bloodshot. Two of major stars. Major stars. But obviously that's an important role as well. Um, Mind-dependingly, this film is the third film, chronologically in the series, taking place before Tokyo Drift. And yeah, as you mentioned, David, it's kind of like a soft reboot, I think, seeing it's a direct sequel to the first film. So I kind of, it does, you know, and, and especially as it includes all those features and benefits that we know from the rest of the series i would i would also agree that is a soft reboot in inverted commas um another couple of things are quite quite interesting is that um brian and Nettie obviously don't share any scenes together because she's killed off at the beginning of the film spoiler alert she survives but they won't share scenes and dialogue together until fast six um and although her character gets killed off in fast six spoiler alert Gal Gadot obviously filmed a scene for fast seven um, a flashback sequence in which she, you know, takes Letty to the hospital, but that kind of there's still a few um, plot holes surrounding that. But I think that's quite interesting. Um, so yeah, I didn't know about that. So that's my five fun facts about Fast Four. Very confusing. I'm quite knowledgeable now. That's really good. Thanks. But lots of facts coming about next week. Very exciting. Next week's great. Next week's where we start properly. But as for me, as for social media, you can find me at the Plastic Kid 1976 on Twitter. If you find me at Cinetronix on Twitter, you can also find all the old episodes at Cinetronix.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at Expect to Talk, also on YouTube. Oh God, where else? Spotify, Podbay, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any place you would like to draw us from, from your usual podcast platform, you'll find us there. And I would like to say as a new thing this week, don't forget to rate us, review us, to like us and share us across social media. Yeah, our shows. Not, you know, yeah, no, no, don't show Becca across social media. That's just no, that's just tacky. This, this show, please. Yeah, wherever you find, do you expect to talk along any platform? Do it there. Thank you. Yeah, particularly next week's show because Becca, do you expect us to talk or return with Fast and Furious 5, aka Fast 5? <laughs>